como 10 minutos. Okay. Nada más que eso y de ahí viene el, el, el sendero nuevamente de unos 3, 4 metros de ancho. Welcome to another edition of Strangers Abroad. This podcast is a series of conversations with the wonderful and weird people I met while backpacking throughout Latin America. These are the hitchhikers, the couch surfers and the expats, the thrill seekers, the mountain climbers, the volunteers and society quitters. The people who, for one reason or another, made the decision to challenge themselves, to leave behind the comforts of home, to venture out into the world and see what happens. Here we go. This next interviewee has chosen to stay nameless, so we'll call him David. I met David while visiting Lake Atilan, Guatemala. He was working as a yoga instructor at a beautiful hostel overlooking the edge of the lake. I haggardly arrived late at night after a three-hour whiplash of a ride through the Guatemalan mountains and then nearly missed the last boat out to the lake. I unexpectedly walked into a rambunctious game of trivia, the employees versus guests, which I thought I would just skip out of. But I somehow got roped in onto the employee team and David's kinetic energy picked me right back up as we ruthlessly played against the other teams. I was immediately taken aback by his next level trivia and memory skills. Ostensibly, David comes off with this bouncy but warm energy like he's running on 14 cups of coffee. Yet meditation and yoga seem to be the perfect activity to channel and ground his ebullience. David has had quite the journey running around the world led by his desire to deepen his practice. We would chill for hours just candidly talking about life alternating experiences and how yoga and meditation have influenced our development. I participated in a few of his outside classes. His lessons seemed to absorb the scenery's elements. Through motion, we channeled the energy of the volcanoes around us while he simultaneously pushed us to find inner stillness as calm and as deep as the lake. As a socially silly person, he takes his yoga class very seriously. Here's his story. I'm a yoga instructor now living and teaching on Lake Atitlan, Guatemala. Very cool. So we're in Guatemala right now. Uh, where were you raised? Where Toronto. were you born and bred? <laughs> bred, I like that. <laughs> uh, Toronto, Canada. I lived there until I was 18, or wait, 17, boarding school near Toronto. Okay. Then I went to BC, didn't really do any schoolwork, <laughs> and then came home, audio school in Toronto, then was a DJ, but it was weird, like, being busy every holiday and every time your friends wanted to hang out. Yeah. So just super isolated. And not being able to spin, like, the soul and the jazz that I wanted, just spinning a lot of sexy back. <laughs> and uh, what else was big right. in like 2000, mid 2000s? Right, right, right. A lot of sexy back. You don't want to bring uh, that back? It was fun a couple times, but like as a DJ during those days, girls would get hella aggressive and you could play sexy back. And if they weren't on the dance floor, they'd want it right after. Wow. There was like, a lot of songs like this where people Bridge, didn't give just, a shit. 
as soon huh. as they got drunk, like, let's play sexy back. Let's think. Gnarls Barkley, crazy, might have had that same appeal. Yep. That yeah, same yeah, old yeah. Lure. Hey, yeah. Um, oh, that's a good one. Hey, yeah. What else? Mid-2000s. Hmm. At any speed, it led me to getting a history degree in New Brunswick, where I lived. Very cool. And that was cool, because I got to live in Rome, Harlem, a farm near Ottawa, and Bhutan. Yeah. All over the place. And then that led me to start traveling Southeast Asia, Galapagos. Nice. And now Central America for a long time. Very cool. Yeah. Are there any other influences you have that have led you to where we are right now? Influences. Influences, like... I mean, so when I started practicing yoga in Toronto, there was a teacher there named Duncan, moksha teacher, but teaches other stuff, too. Mm -hmm. And I just saw he'd always be throwing these awesome retreats in Costa Rica and Hawaii, and he was just staying warm in the winter doing what he loved and meeting really cool people, Mm -hmm. so... When was your first yoga class? Uh, That's an awesome question. I... In a studio, I'm not sure, but when I was a kid, I did gymnastics, and you'd do, like, deep floor stretching. So, yeah, when I started doing, practicing yoga asana class, a lot of flashbacks Mm -hmm. to being a six-year-old in gymnastics. Very cool. Yeah. And uh, what what about yoga has let it kind of steer your your ship, as one might say? I like that. (laughs) Um... I got my first full physical in 2012 after living in Brooklyn for a while. Mm-hmm. I'd been, I don't want to say doing stand-up comedy because I know people who do it. Yeah. And, but, yeah, I was trying to do that just Dabbling. to work on public speaking and do something I was yeah, into. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Actually, I want you to tell a joke later. Do I have any? That was the weird thing. I was still drinking a lot. Uh. So it would just be, like, drunk but friendly, <laughs> friendly, drunk crowd work Not and riffing. Not aggressive, right. Never aggressive. I remember doing one show in Park Slope. It was like an urban room and just ended up talking about the NBA playoffs and like eating fried chicken with this family <laughs> and the owner running out and reprimanding me, even though they offered me. Uh-huh. Um, and then doing another show in Crown Heights where I just talked about interning for Wu-Tang and I guess they thought it was a character. And they loved it. Wow. I had so many comics from, like, Maryland (laughs) add me on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) It's a big scene in Maryland. I just, yeah, I just love silly, punny stuff. I remember there's a comic named Neil who had done a set before me at an open mic. Mm -hmm. And then I just came on stage and said, Neil before me. (laughs) And, like, eruption. (laughs) Such as, like, no no one's expense. Just so silly and dumb. Yep. and yeah. No, that's great. I have a couple memories, but mostly just like getting drunk. Like I did an all you can vodka mic once. Oh my God. I, yeah. And wow. just there's dollar beers and you'd be hanging with like 30 or 40 of your friends. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And also like a lot of people are buying you beers as well. Yeah. And in Brooklyn, I think it was maybe Manhattan too, but there was the buyback. So I think you mm-hmm. buy two drinks and you yeah. get a third. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Were you doing. How did that... Oh, yeah, sorry, so Well, how did that lifestyle... uh, My cortisol, my stress hormone was, like, two times the... And I saw that, and then so I had to stop drinking coffee, stop partying. Right, so you kind of, like, found... You tried to find some sort of a... 
I don't want to say balance, but like no, I had to flip it the, to the other extreme. Completely, raw yeah. vegan, <laughs> sober. <laughs> yeah, it was 136 pounds. Yeah. I was doing like two hours of yoga a day and then Pilates. Wow. Just so weak and not mm-hmm. eating enough, mm-hmm. but had a lot of energy. So I thought, but you thought you were okay. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> and now I see pictures of that period and I can see every bone in my face <sighs> and like right. Yeah. So that was kind of like the right after you stopped. That was right after I moved back to Canada. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you just kind of did like this like social, physical detox. Yeah, just everything. Like lost a lot. Not lost friends, but it was just like, no, like we're staying in at night. Right. Right. Yeah. Interesting. So how did, uh, so you continued to practice and deepen yoga. So how did you get from... Canada, mm-hmm. all the way down here. 2012, I said I was going to, I had to start doing yoga again because I just kept slacking, mm-hmm. making excuses. And then so I was like, okay, let's do 90 days of hot yoga because it's winter and it's cold. <gasps> so I did that. Then across the hall, they had Pilates, Vinyasa, Yin, all this stuff I'd never been exposed to. Mm-hmm. Started doing that. And then, did I do? I might have done a restorative training then, didn't finish it, but really dug it. Mm-hmm. Then I started teaching autistic kids because I was doing respite work with them, and they asked me to right. teach once a week. Loved it. Lost that job because they wanted me to work when I wanted to travel to India. So I ended up working with schizophrenic adults. And then after that, kind of had the confidence and just knew I had the desire to teach in studios, mm-hmm. teach private. What was it like teaching autistic kids and people who are schizophrenic? Did you find that the yoga improve their condition how did it alter and so influence that ex- ex- working with autistic kids schizophrenic adults and adults with OCD and also just kids my buddy had me teach a K to eight two classes K to five and six to eight mm-hmm. at inner city in Scarborough and uh with all three of those groups, it felt like half the people either were super into it or got super into it by the end, mm-hmm. and the other half, for various reasons, just weren't in the mood maybe Receptive. just that day or right. so many things to consider. But right, right. no one got upset. Like, no one was made worse. That's you know? that's a good thing. Which was nice. Right. right. Yeah. They all so just got to breathe for an hour and chill and be safe. Right, right, right. It was pretty cool. Absolutely. Interesting. Yeah. So did you get to travel to India? Yeah, I went, so I was in Bhutan in 2009, mm-hmm. and I had a buddy, have a buddy, who lives in Calcutta, and he invited me and my friend. We flew my buddy Sanam for the first time ever out of Bhutan to mm-hmm. go to Calcutta, and we just chilled for a week, played golf, ate a bunch of incredible food. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I've been to, I went to India then, and then 2013, I went to the Art of Living Ashram just outside of Bangalore. Okay. Did a silent retreat, and practiced yoga, meditated there. Then I went to Oroville, which is this insanely beautiful, universal city, tons of ashrams and farms and restaurants. Right. And a gold meditation chamber in the middle. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm dying to get back. It's just how the visa thing works is I have to go to a place, give them my visa, pay money, and then wait maybe two weeks. Mm-hmm. And if I'm traveling, I don't. Right. Yeah. Right, right. But, yeah, I'm going back ASAP. Great. Yeah. So then how did you get here? Oh, yeah. So I was teaching schizophrenic adults, and then 
I think I just wanted to go to Punta Mona for a permaculture training. Where's Punta Mona? Southeast Costa Rica near okay. um, Bocas del Toro, Panama, sort of. Cool. Yeah, I was just going to go for this permaculture training. And then I saw they had a yoga training and said, yeah, this sounds like a great idea. So I did that in the summer, then volunteered there for a bit, got to teach a bit after. Mm-hmm. And during the training, actually, one of my teacher's girlfriends was there, and she was the former manager of a yoga farm on the lake. Mm-hmm. And she said she really liked my class and that I should come. And so in August, I booked my flight for December 19th and just committed. And nice. Yeah, so knew, knew I had to book it to commit and... Yeah, I felt really good about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. So then how did you get from Costa Rica up to here? So I went back to Toronto to teach in studios there, mm-hmm. just spend time with loved ones and r- try to find someone to rent my condo. Mm. So did that. Finally got that done in December, which was very nice. And then came down late-ish December to start training here and teaching. What does this path that you've chosen provide you? Well, that you don't think that the more conventional way could have. Sure. So I loved teaching yoga in Toronto, be it with the kids or mm-hmm. the assisted living facility or at the studios or even the private lessons I taught. But I found myself, I was always running around the city. And then after teaching a bunch, I'd still have to get home, clean my place, cook, mm-hmm. then go to the other end of the city to meet up with people, meet my family. So I was just always moving around, wasn't sleeping well. Mm. Lived on a, a subway, the biggest street in Toronto. I lived on it next to the subway. And mm. So, yeah, I, I just wanted to be warm. I wanted to relax. And I wanted to be able to teach at a couple places that were close. So here, the two hotels I'm teaching at are, like, four minutes away. It's a lovely walk on the right. lake. And, yeah, there's a mix of regular, regular-ish students and just newcomers all the time. And it's this mix of advanced yogis who've been into yoga and stretching and breath work for years and then people who've never done yoga before but are either feeling wear and tear from travel or partying too hard Mm -hmm. and are open to trying it Mm -hmm. and it's just nice to work hard and try to come out with all levels classes with lots of options to kind of suit the needs of all these people and how has that helped you Oh, I'd love my job. I never thought I'd love my job. Mm -hmm. I was really depressed and scared about that in high school. So About never loving a job? Yeah, just thinking it would all be over soon and just sitting at a desk doing something insignificant that I didn't like or believe in. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't think I held many jobs when I was young, part of that fear. Mm -hmm. Like if your first job isn't great, it's going to dictate the rest of them. Right. Isn't that what they say? Huh. Gotta get that like great internship and then right. get to the White House. Or right, right, and then it opens yeah. like all of these doors or whatever. Being slave away for a really long time. Yeah, maybe never actually getting that promise. I remember one job I had. I was playing drums in a cover band at a Korean restaurant <laughs> in 2006. <laughs> I was so depressed. Like, where is this going? Yeah. The singer wanted us to move to Seoul and play covers, and like, yeah. I'm Oof. glad that didn't go down. Yeah, really. Um, what else? Yeah, I was scooping gelato, I think, that year and got fired from that. Just hated it. 
So the fact that I wake up early every day by choice. Right. I'm always excited about my job. Even if I were to teach the same class back to back to the same people, I'd still find it right. super stimulating. That's what your hell ended up being. Yeah. Doing the same thing over, like that one pushing the rock up the hill. Yeah. Same thing over and over. You'd still love it. And yeah, it just, I feel like by teaching, I'm not really harming or worrying anyone. Mm. Um, Maybe I'm wrong about that, but yeah, I just, I like relaxing and I get paid to relax and help people relax totally. and remember how flexible and happy they are. Totally. Yeah. Uh, do you have any favorite places that you've fallen in love with that you didn't anticipate? I love it here. I've, I kind of sped through Central America in February, mm-hmm. but yeah, just all these cool yoga communities, yoga surf communities I've lived in or near. Mm-hmm. Just nice energy, typically really good food, super mm. food, organic food. Right, right. Yeah, I really, if I could teach in Oroville or Bhutan soon, that would That's be nice. Dream. But yeah, I don't think I can leave here. I think I have something really good, and to mm-hmm. leave so soon might be not the best move. Mm. Well. It'll come to you when you know. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. If I go to Toronto. Yeah. Is there any is there any phrase or like weird slang or idiom that I should say? Oh man. Or, I mean the or like one... a history fact even? History fact. Interesting. Um the one I've been getting a lot since I traveled and like <laughs> Europeans and Americans are always so excited and proud to tell me this. They say, Oh, Toronto and it's like Atlanta, they don't pronounce the last N. Mm, Toronto? So I even think there was a bit when Bourdain came to Toronto, <laughs> they had a mini segment on that lack of the last T. Toronto? And uh, more like Toronto. Oh, like Toronto. Like the movie Tron. Oh, I see. It's an O. <laughs> so I do it. I've noticed I also, when I'm not speaking well, I'll say pictures instead of pictures. Mm. I don't know where I picked that up from. Mm. Mm-hmm. My sister used to say breakfast a lot. So I think it's just laziness. I don't know if it's a Toronto <laughs> thing. Impatience coupled right. with laziness, yeah. What's the, uh, <laughs> can you tell me the weirdest fact that you know? I'm trying to think of other weird stuff in my life. Oh, Costa Rica, I was introduced to something called a peanut butter fruit. What? Which is a red berry that tastes like peanut butter. Shut up. So I'd like to know facts about that because it was insane. Oh, my God, I need. Yeah. It beat mangosteen. Mangosteen was my favorite. What exotic. is mangosteen? Oh, wicked. So mangosteen, when I saw it, it reminded me of like fruit or life from a video game or something. Uh-huh. It was like a little handheld red thing. Oh, okay. With yeah, the yeah, green, yeah. the four little green guys on top. And you yeah. open it and it's eight white slices of just beautiful superfoods, super sweet, sugar. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's in a lot of, like, powders and bars, but you don't get the yeah. full thing. But There'd the, just be stacks of it in the middle of the training. And so everyone would take one, and they'd not. no one wanted to look greedy. Right. But me, I'm like, nah, man. There's I have no, to need five I right got to stock up. <laughs> I got to get my superfoods in. Yeah. Right, right, right. Oh, man. I but so, the, so, this, so there's a peanut butter fruit? Oh, my God. I'm peanut so, butter fruit. Yeah. I'm so excited. And then there was another berry there that tasted like lime mixed with... Uh, Oh, what was it? Lime mixed with tea. It was weird. Oh, my God. That sounds amazing. 
Yeah, the food was so tasty in Costa Rica. At first, I was like, gotta go wash everything. Right. But then I was just giraffing moringa, <laughs> eating berries, right? Grabbing turmeric on the ground. Yeah. Yeah, the turmeric. That's that's one thing that I'm actually kind of upset I didn't buy in Mexico. Was uh, there's so many just they're just selling turmeric root nice. everywhere. Mine exploded. I'd powder and exploded. Oh my in my bag oh, on man. the way here. And it was it was no bueno. No bueno. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for thanks for letting me chat with you. Thanks for talking to me, man. Totally. Since I last saw David, he's been getting gigs teaching yoga on almost every corner of the world. The greater future holds maybe Korea, Japan, Nicaragua, or France, and he is limited only by the edges of his yoga mat. Keep going. In the next episode, we keep heading south and land in San Jose, Costa Rica, where we meet Tina from Finland, a reindeer-eating, arctic-circle-living gal who desired to see other variations of the world before settling down in her snow-loving country. But then I started to realize that if I'm going to stay all my life in this little the surroundings and the environment, it's not so, not so new to me. It's going to be like I'm going to be living in my own little bubble for like the rest of my right. life. And I don't like that. No. <laughs> Hear more next time on Strangers Abroad.